0: Welcome to the Cat Principle Podcast, everyone. It's Al Bolter here. Today we have another episode, and this episode is going to focus on the second part of the book that I had written called The Cat Principle, Change, Action, Trust, Words to Live By, namely Action. For those of you that may have heard some of the earlier podcasts, I had focused on the first theme, namely Change. And we had done two segments on that and then followed that up with two fascinating interviews, which if you haven't listened to them yet, I highly recommend you do so. One was with Fire Chief Robert Collins and the other one was with the economist Orlando Gomez. Both of those interviews focused on change from a personal perspective as well as change from a professional career perspective and there's some great stories in those podcasts, some fascinating insights and some great takeaways, so you may want to give those a listen. In the meantime, today I'd like to focus on the theme of action and that uh, what it is and and what we can do to uh, to make it happen. And so what the way I'd like to kick this one off is by reading a short prelude from the book that sets the scene for the theme of action and then after that, we'll get into the conversation. And by the way, the book is available worldwide on Amazon, and as well at uh, as well as at uh, Barnes and Noble. And you can also check out my blog at www.albertbolter.com. I post a bi-weekly blog there on themes, subjects, thematic to the book. So. With that said, let's get on with it, and we shall now hear the prelude, and I'll be back after that. The Road to Action A Prelude Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness seven words from the United States Declaration of Independence and what seven words they are. Penned by Thomas Jefferson in 1776 and adopted by the Second Continental Congress on July 4, 1776, the United States Declaration of Independence is one of the most influential documents ever written. And in spite of time passing, these seven words, perhaps more than ever, inspire freedom-loving people seeking happiness the world over. But here's the question. Does happiness derive from the pursuit or is happiness a state of mind? We hear a lot these days about the so-called one percent and the wealth that they've accumulated, whether it's earned, inherited or court awarded. But are these people truly happy? They may have private jets large houses, expensive tastes, and yachts folding the seas. But are these the things that cause their happiness, assuming that they're happy? Certainly, material things are a necessary part of life. We couldn't survive without them. In some shape or form, we require shelter from the elements, food to keep hunger at bay, and clothes on our backs. Think Abraham Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs from his 1943 paper, a theory of human motivation, and it's clear that humankind cannot live without the basics. But it's also clear that humankind requires a whole lot more to be happy than just material things. Happiness stems from within. It's a feeling of contentment, of having gratitude for the things and people in our lives. This doesn't mean we stop improving ourselves because we're happy. On the contrary, we retain happiness by taking action to improve every facet of our life, whether it's business, career, health, family, friends, or love. And it's essential that none are neglected, or else we risk an unbalanced life, and an unbalanced life is the path to an unhappy life. So does happiness derive from the pursuit, or is it a state of mind? It's both, and one feeds the other. Take action, and happiness follows and when happiness follows, action is taken. We dare not stagnate, lest we diminish our self-belief and lose acceptance of the way things are. Self-belief keeps us moving forward when storm clouds appear, while acceptance keeps us real to the problems and challenges that arise. Benjamin Franklin, undoubtedly America's most celebrated polymath, explained it with the following words, and I quote, happiness depends more on the inward disposition of mind than on outward circumstances, When we encounter disappointment, failure, or misfortune, it's not so much the event itself that matters, as much as it is our reaction towards it. Tough times happen. They always will. But how we deal with them is what really counts. Sit back and do nothing. Happiness fades. Sit up and take action and happiness returns. It's with action that the key to happiness is to be turned. Well, welcome back everyone. I hope you enjoyed that uh, brief prelude from the book about action. I thought it was a great way to set the scene to have a conversation on action today, and uh, yeah I hope you enjoyed it so so let's start let's dig into this we've got a lot of ground to cover and uh, this being the first part of the uh, two part segment uh, let's uh let's get into it right away so let's perhaps ask an easy question and that is what is action? I mean we all know the word and uh, we all think we know the word maybe we should say and it's a common word it's used an awful lot but if we really drill down into it let's uh what is it exactly so i mean if you look at the the meaning in a dictionary or uh you'll come across something like it's the deed of doing of implementing of executing on one's plans uh, goals or dreams whatever that may be so it's actually doing something and yet As simple as that is, why do so many of us have a problem with it? I mean, you know, we think about action and we want to do something, and yet we shrink from it. We we draw back. We we put off, or we uh, we're scared of doing something. And you know, I mean, if we talk about action, it means we should we should do it. We should act upon something, and. That should mean what that we mean to do it uh, but yet so many of us find it a challenge and we rather put things off and and wait and uh you know and, and if you want to accomplish your goals or ambitions in life you have to execute you have to do you have to implement you have to take action you know ultimately action is execution right it's it's getting uh getting down and doing it so it, it, it's a simple concept but so many of us defy that and probably one of the biggest problem uh, challenges in, in acting is or causing us not to act is procrastination you know it's it's really where our our kind of our heart stops and we we put things off and we some get somewhat paralyzed in wanting to act and you know we have all sorts of reasons for not wanting to act we may say the timing's not right and we plan and we plan but we never actually execute and you know you can come up with multitude of reasons why not to act and people do we all do you know we can say why can't something be done why can't this be done as opposed to you know action it's it seems that we're more concerned with inaction for reasons why we shouldn't act and that that in itself is is an action killer you know we we think of every simple any every excuse we can come up with not to act we decide okay I can't do it for whatever reason I'm I'm not feeling well I am tired or I uh, there's a better time to do this or I think you know exactly what I mean when I say this so and we're all guilty of it we all are but ultimately we have to overcome that and and, you know, part of the reason is as much as we come up with excuses not to act, but probably one of the big reasons why we don't take action is the fact that we're, we're comfortable. We're, we're totally comfortable with what, where we are and what we're at. So it's one of those things where being comfortable kind of holds us back and we we're scared to to reach out we're scared to try something new and it it makes us um, it, it, you know we're in our comfort zone and we don't want to get out of it and that is a big problem if you want to act so you got to be able to break out of the comfort zone it's not easy to do you know it's it's uh, it, it it can be scary no doubt and it is but if we want to if we want to have the, uh, the most we can from life, we have to be able to act, and acting is inherently, there's risk with action, and so we have to be able to get out of our comfort zone, and that's, that's a big key. Now, acting on its own, just for the sake of acting, isn't a wise thing either, because we can get ourselves into trouble pretty fast and heavy by just acting on any whim so there has to be some thought with action it can't just be unmitigated action like let's just go do that without thinking things through because actions have consequences and you know as Sir Isaac Newton stated in one of his fundamental laws of physics to every action there's always an equal and opposite reaction well that's what's going to happen and so if your actions are not thought through you could have some pretty dire things happen and uh, unintended things can happen so there's a lot of trouble and chaos that can ensue through action and obviously being in your comfort zone that's something that that holds you back because you're afraid of those things it's fear there's a fear obviously fear is inherent to all of us and we have to be able to control that fear we can never get rid of fear but we have to be able to check it and put it in put it uh... you know put it aside or or keep it keep it uh, keep it fenced in and by doing that the best way of achieving that is by keeping our fear in check the best way of achieving that is by preparation you know and so action is really if you think about it two parts to act without any forethought without any planning without any preparation can be utter stupidity because it can lead to such dire consequences but if you deliberate you think things through you um, plan take into account different scenarios of what could happen then that's a little bit different and action doesn't become as scary when you do that but there does come a point where you still have to act because all the planning in the world won't achieve a goal if you're not willing to act so perhaps when we think of action we really should be looking at it as two parts and perhaps we should say action Action is like an equation and that equation is action equals deliberation plus execution so it's more than just execution its deliberation so it's preparing preparing yourself to act Without the preparation, that's where deadly consequences can ensue. And, you know, there's a famous quote that I think of and I've I've read, and I'm going to quote it here, said by uh, a world-famous leader, which I'm sure you've all heard about him, and that's Napoleon Bonaparte of France. And he was famous for uh, a quote, and the quote went like this, Take time to deliberate, but when the time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. So as you know, Napoleon was a quite the military genius. And I think he was talking about, with regard to that quote, he was talking about military strategy on the battlefield. And when to, you know, there comes a point where you have to attack and you can't just sit there and do nothing. So you have to think everything through. You have to plan. But you have to be able to act on it. So the key there is you know if you t- if you take away execution from the equation then you just have deliberation so there's thoughts without effect you take away deliberation and you rely solely on chance without any thought so you're kind of throwing things at the wind by acting without thinking through. So I guess you could call that calculated risk. Thinking things through and and deliberating is you are actually creating a scenario in which there's calculated risk. There is always risk. When you act, there is always risk. Nothing is sure. Nothing. So the way to mitigate that risk is by planning and deliberation, but then there comes the time to act. And so ultimately what we're striving for or should be striving for is thoughtful action and you know that that's really the fundamental key there but at the same time we have to recognize that there are times when we really don't have the luxury of foresight and planning sometimes you just you have to act very quickly and You know sometimes it requires split-second decisions and if you don't act in a split-second you can have also very dire negative consequences it could also be in the event of an opportunity an opportunity might pass pass you pass in front of you and if you don't act quickly on it it'll be gone and it'll never come again so there are those times I mean for example, in a car act a car accident, if you're on the highway and you have to avoid, you have to take quick action. If you have to avoid a car in front of you that breaks all of a sudden, you have to think quick and you have to move quick and to avoid that. Otherwise you can't sit there and planning, oh I'm gonna make that I'm gonna make that turn the car and that it's just at that point it's automatic. And so you have to be able to act quickly. I mean it's the same if you encounter somebody that could spell a great opportunity in your life career potential love maybe or or whatever you know you have to be able to uh, um, you have to be able to take the situation at hand really quickly and sum it up to yourself and then take action quick you can't hesitate hesitation can thwart everything and hesitation can even be deadly at times like in the example of a car accident so there are times and you have to be you have to be uh, you have to act quickly so with that being said though there's a reason you know when you're driving a car and something happens quickly part of the reason you can react quickly is because you've prepared in training when you for for example took if you took driver's education or you 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 after driving many, many miles, it just becomes automatic, things become automatic to you, so you, you know, you brake automatically, you don't even give it a second thought, or you swerve if you have to swerve out of the way of something, it's just automatic nature, and that's just due to inherent, you know, practice, 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 driving a lot, knowing how to operate a machine, so you, you know, you're prepared, basically, it's kind of like the Boy Scout slogan, be prepared, so, for those instances that happen really quick, and they come to us, they 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 happen to us. That's where preparation comes into play, and uh, and that's where you got to be ready for those types of situations. You know, if I I think back uh, on an experience I had when I was in the Air Force and I was training to be a pilot in the uh, jet training course, I I remember you know, part of the reason the training is so intensive in the Air Force when you're learning to fly and be a pilot is because you have to often make split-second decisions if there is an emergency. So the military is great at at training and it's basically practice, practice, practice till it's second nature. And I remember specifically, you know, when we were flying, training in jets to, to fly jets, we had to we had to train for ejection procedures. Thankfully, I never had, I never had to do it. But we had to know our procedures within seconds on how to eject out of an airplane, out of a jet flying five hundred miles an hour. And if you did hesitate in that type of scenario for a couple seconds, it could have mean it could mean easily mean death. And a, and actually, I remember riding with an instructor and he explicitly said to me he said "al look uh when we're up there and and we're flying if uh if we have a flame out you know the engine engine conks out these were single engine jet planes we were flying and if the engine conks out look he said i'm going to count to 3 and if you're still there at 3 i'll be gone i will have ejected so you had to know these procedures inside out In fact, the Air Force wouldn't allow you to fly, to continue flying. You had to go and get tested regularly. Every week we had to go into the ejection simulator and we had to go through the procedure. And if we didn't know it, they grounded us that day and we had to go back the next day and do it again. And so it became second nature. That's what they drilled into us. And the reason they drilled that into us was because in the event we had to have make a split-second decision. So I relate that story because it's so true in so many other aspects of our lives that if we're prepared, we can then act when those times happen confidently and know that we can make split-second split decisions that are going to mitigate the risk of the actions we take at that moment and potentially not pass by a great opportunity. You know you often hear the story about entrepreneurs and their elevator pitches. You know that they should be able to within 30 seconds encapsulate the meaning of what they're doing and the type of company they're running and and be able to pitch it to somebody. So part of that also derives from a sense of opportunity that could happen to you. An elevator pitch you you walk into an elevator and suddenly there's a person there that could be very key to the business you're starting or running and you have 30 seconds to say hi to that person and try to strike up a quick conversation and explain to them what you're doing and intrigue their interest and maybe have a potential for a further conversation. So again, that's if you're prepared for that and those opportunities come your way, then you can act. You can act really quickly and confidently. But if you don't, if you don't prepare and you just kind of wing it. That's where opportunities can be missed, accidents can happen, you know, serious consequences can happen. It's the same if we were just winging it when we were flying and something happened. I mean, it could, it could be dire in, in our lives and potentially the lives of other people at stake. So it's really a critical thing to be able to as Napoleon would put it deliberate and then go in so that's all part and parcel of action so action again equals deliberation plus execution and the whole concept of training is for is basically your deliberation so when you know things second nature you can execute really quickly so I mean, moving on from that, how do we how do we how do we achieve that then, and how do we achieve that, you know, the training and the deliberation and such? And I, I would say it it comes back to uh, being able to focus, and also the act of creativity. So you know, for example, people are creatures of distraction. Are phones ring we get interrupted uh you know emails texts especially in this day and age with all the technology i mean so much of technology has enhanced our our lives it's it's fabulous it's phenomenal but at the same time technology has also become a large a big distraction it's it's tough for people to focus anymore without you know going out and having dinner people are always checking their phones you see it when you're in the restaurants so they're not focused on the conversations they're not focused on the people in front of them they're always focused on something out there virtual if you will and they're distracted and it's it's killing our ability to focus on things and focus is a key ingredient to success you know it's the ability the ability to concentrate on things on the task at hand that will lead us to success and without the focus there can't be any success and success in itself requires determination and passion and that's what focus brings to bear so you know it's the same as a a magnifying glass channeling like the sun's rays and that beam of sunshine going through a magnifying glass, I mean, it, it achieves, it's amazing how hot it will heat something up and burn, burn something. You probably did that when you were a kid, you know, burn a piece of paper with a, with a magnifying glass. So that's, ultimately, that's focus. So we have to be that in the same way to achieve any defined goal, whatever the goal that may be. We have to be able to focus our energy on that. And, you know, we can have all the determination and passion in the world, but if we fail to bring the focus to it, we will not achieve our goal. And so a pre- a prerequisite to effective focus is, is perspective. And we have to, when I mean what I mean when I say that, perspective is it's our ability to distinguish the important from the unimportant. So when you focus, you can't focus on the wrong things. You have to focus things that are relevant to the goal at hand and then correspondingly that's how you take action so when we loop that back in and if you focus on things that don't matter then the focus is misplaced right it's all for naught Uh, you're not gonna get the results you want so we must be really onerous in achieving in choosing the target of our focus and we have to make sure it aligns with our goals will get us where we want to go are we on the right track you know if you focus on the wrong outcome, success is going to remain elusive, and it's not going to happen. but if you focus on the right outcome, it success is really there for ours to take and and have you know it's scattered thoughts lead to scattered results, and focused thoughts will give you astounding results and you know you can look at examples all through history on this if if you want to think about like the greats, like Ludwig van Beethoven composing the Ninth Symphony. I mean, the man was deaf and I think partly blind when he composed the Ninth, which is possibly considered to be his greatest symphony. But I guess you could say he had no distractions, so he could really focus on composing that beautiful symphony. Or take... Take Einstein, who developed the theory of relativity. I mean, those are all outcomes of focused minds, and there's nothing left to random there to wander. You know, they're they were bent upon the achievement of a singular goal, and those are the minds that basically trade distraction for creativity, and creativity can only be the product of a focused mind you can't be creative without being focused it takes focus to become creative you know so if you walk into any classroom or boardroom at some point creativity is going to be the topic it's going to come up it's going to to come up and you know if you read any newspaper magazine wherever you you books or whatever creative creativity is always there and that's, it's something since the beginning of humankind, and it's a birthmark of each civilization and culture born, it's, creativity is the cause of that, and, you know, with the passing of each civilization and culture, and yes, they all do pass, make no bones about that, but it's the remnants that act as the signposts for the creative minds that, you know, once endowed those bastions and heirs and of human endeavour, and you just look through all history, throughout all of history, you know, the, the pyramids in Egypt, the Great Wall of China, the works of the Greek philosophers and the things that ancient Rome left to us. I mean, those, those civilizations, those people that created those things, they were creative and they were creative because they were focused and ultimately they took action in accordance with being focused Caused their creativity, and they took action and cre- and did these wondrous things. And at the same token, our modern age is no different. You know, I mean, if if we look back a hundred years, from uh, you know, if you go back to nineteen hundred to to now, and the changes that have happened within the last hundred and twenty years, from you know, the Wright brothers in the airplane and to putting a man on the moon, it's its unbelievable. I mean, it's uh, its just incredible, all the things that have happened. So, you know, putting that into a personal perspective, it, it should cause us to ask the question is, what can we then do to bring more creativity into our own lives? Because ultimately, that's what we're after. If we want to have a fulfilling prosperous life of meaning, then it must be one that's creative. And so we, you know, we look at all these other people who are achieving these amazing things, these amazing miracles, and and we kind of think like, wow, how do they do it? You know, I mean, is it is it luck that genius was bestowed upon them? You know, or is it just God-given talents that they could do these things? Yeah, maybe, you know, absolutely. There may be some innate talent there and but you know you can have the most talented people in the world and if they're not willing to act their talent is is meaningless so it's not just that it's the ability to put that talent to work it's the ability to act and the other thing is is what we don't witness when we see these great people doing these great deeds inventions or whatever is all the time and effort that they put into doing these things. You know, if, if we're thinking about some great engineering feat, we don't see the engineer laboring away hour after hour after hour, late nights. We don't see that. We just see the end product and we think, wow, how'd they do that? Well, hard work, a lot of effort. You know, so it's the same with Music or any field, people who get to the top of their game put in hour after hour after hour. I mean, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell in one of his books who talked about the 10,000 hour rule. So if you want to get good at something, or amazingly good at something, you have to put the time and effort in. You have to be willing to act. And while others may coast through life, there are other people who doggedly take action toward their goals and and make things happen and you know a lot of the people that make things happen aren't necessarily the most talented people in the world because there's a lot of mediocre people but they're willing to put the time and effort in they're willing to act and they're willing to try they're willing to learn and they're willing to put the extra hours in whereas other people aren't so it's it's very easy to to look at successful people and say oh wow look at that you know they're able to do that why can I why can't I do that well there's a lot of a lot of things that go on behind the scenes for people to achieve what they achieve make no doubt about that and there's a lot of failure in between there too so I think that's just something you have to bear in mind that Creativity doesn't arise, arise just from itself. It's a product of action, and you know only through ch- trial and error do the seeds of creativity actually sprout. A lot of trial and error, and we don't always see that, but it's there. You know, and and, and I, I guess we can admit that you know not all of us are going to be Mark Twain or Henry Ford or Einstein or the next Jobs but if you're willing to focus on a subject for even several hours if you're willing to to get into something it is amazing what can what can pop up it's amazing how one thing can lead to the next and and that means acting so that means doing things taking it little by little you can't just dive into something totally unknown to you but you have to be able to Put a foot into so-called chaos, to an area that you're not that adept at, not that well at, but want to learn about. You have to, yeah, you can read about it, you can prepare for it, but at some point you need to step into it and then take it from there. And that's where the true life experience will come from. You know, Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh had had a great quote. He said, if you hear a voice within you says, you cannot paint, then by all means paint and that voice will be silenced. That's great. Those words are great because so much of our inaction is due to negativity, thinking, Well, I can't do that. I'm not capable of that. Well, if you try and you act, you'd be amazed what you're capable of. It's amazing what you can do if you put your mind to it and then your body. And and at that point, when you start doing it often you look back and say gosh why didn't i do it earlier it really wasn't as hard as i thought it's 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 powerful what the mind the mind is powerful and if you're feeding it negativity it's gonna it's gonna stay that way but if 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 you just counter that with action preparation and action you'll amaze yourself so we have to be able to violence uh silence that voice of doubt right and that that's something that um if we silence the doubt then we can take action to focus and creativity is going to be the byproduct after that so and i think for that let's move on to something i think that's fundamental to to this and that is self discipline because ultimately self discipline is the cornerstone of inspired action. Self-discipline works wonders, and it uh, it's really a key to to taking inspired action. You know, in, in modern day society, we're we're so used to to just acting on a whim and catering on to every whim that comes our way and you know it's it's kind of our attitude is to do what you want whenever you want attitude it 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 pervades in our culture in our modern contemporary society and unfortunately at the at the cost of self-discipline because self-discipline seems to be a fading in the twilight it seems to be like an old-fashioned trait people hate the word discipline or self-discipline but You know, like charity, self-discipline starts at home. And like charity, self-discipline is a fundamental ingredient to life. Because without self-discipline, folks, life becomes a string of meaningless happenings tied together by nothing more than the odds of probability. So, in other words, when self-discipline is sparse we let things happen to us as opposed to us making things happen. That's what self-discipline without a life without self-discipline that's what happens things happen to you as opposed to you making things happen. Uh, American late American president Harry Truman said And here's a good quote from him. In reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self discipline came first with all of them. That's true. Self discipline is a necessity to a successful life. Self discipline will give you the courage to act, which in turn, will give you the ability to achieve great things. And of course, with focus, and the ability to act, creativity, it'll be amazing. It's amazing the things that can be created. So, self-discipline is the cornerstone of inspired action. And inspired action is really the key ingredient, or the recipe for a successful life. We can't Expect to amount to anything if we're not willing to expend the time and effort required to achieve the results that we desire in whatever it is we're pursuing. And the prerequisite to doing that is to have self-discipline. Without that, we're not we're not able to do that. You know, if you if we just look at examples like fitness so much talk about fitness all the time and yet how many people really take the effort to to become fit yeah there's a lot you know but there's a lot of people that don't and you have to ask yourself the question do you really want to be fit if you do then you have to have self discipline and that's the self discipline to eat right and exercise it's combination and it takes time and effort and self discipline and that's the same with everything. It's the same with a relationship, marriage, family. You have to have the self-discipline to become caring partners or parents. Business or career, you have to have the self-discipline to do what it takes to, to do well. To work the hours, put the time in. Not take shortcuts. I'd say that's a big one. In this day and age, so many people want to take shortcuts. It's the lazy man's way. And shortcuts ultimately come back and kicking you in the ass. It's not a good way to live your life. And self-discipline is a thing that will prevent you from going the shortcut route. Because it realizes that time and effort are part of the, the sequence that are required to achieve great things. and that's that's you know if you're in if you're in sales or you know if you're you're whether whatever way you do it whether you're you're attending courses or making sales calls or reading you have to have the self discipline to do it there's no getting around it but we grant we live in a time with extraordinary technological advances and these advances you know we're in an era we live in an era of abundance, and although many parts of the planet are still challenged, we are so blessed in the Western world it is unfathomable. you know the amenities that we have at our fingertips, the food the transit the 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 ability to take trips all over the world, cars, the buildings we live in. I mean, our standard of living is unbelievable. If you know anything about history, you know that you are living at the best possible time that mankind has ever achieved. And you know that if you read history. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't read history. But read history and you'll see the suffering and the malevolence that's happened. For thousands of years and you just go back a hundred years and you can look at world, the world wars that happened and all the bad things that happened and the suffering and the millions of people who died people nowadays have no appreciation in the west and it, it's getting better all, the world over, we're seeing people getting lifted out of poverty constantly the rates are going up everywhere so it is an amazing time to be living in and yet people somehow seem to think it's not and it's completely completely wrong to think that and part of the reason that I would say so many people are meandering through life and they're lost is in, in, in fact the re- very reason that things are so good is 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 our Achilles heel it means we're comfortable and when you're comfortable you're used to not taking action it can be very easily become stagnant it's very easy to forego exercise eating right comfort means lack of self-discipline and with that everything else can fall wayside exercise and eating right will give you good health bar I mean random disease can always strike but if you try to lead a healthy life but the alternative in our society so often is uh, you know, I can take something for that. I can pop a pill for that or whatever instead of putting the time in and the effort in. It's easy to neglect friends and family in our society with, you know, with the internet and everything else that keeps us occupied. It's easy to lose sight of our careers or businesses when things are going well. We take things for granted. Comfort, folks, breeds complacency. And complacency is the death knell of self-discipline and once self discipline is buried a meaningful purpose driven life is buried with it so think long and hard about that think long and hard that it's time to make self discipline a part of your life it's time self discipline has to be a cornerstone of our lives if we if we aim for inspired action So let's talk about inspired action. What do I exactly mean by that? Maybe let's drill down a little further. You know, Thomas Edison once said, Genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Well, it's that 99% perspiration that's the key to not only taking action, but taking action with a difference, right? Perspiration, as I mentioned earlier, it means training, and that means practice, it means hard work, and it means going the extra mile when others aren't willing to do that. And with perspiration, the odds of achieving are just that much greater. They're greatly enhanced. I mean, sometimes circumstances will go luckily, luckily they'll go our way, but true, true success, people or champions they, they don't depend on luck for success they depend on hard work and effort, training, perspiration it causes them to study for that exam for that extra exam it, it, it causes them to throw you know, the extra practice for that ball game or rehearse for a high stakes presentation and they're ready then when the time arrives to take action and that's the time when action really counts, when it really matters. And they're ready for it. They're re- ready to step up. You know, only then does one, does the 1% inspiration appear. It's the cherry on top. It's, it makes for the inspired action that we long to exude. But that that inspiration, that 1% of inspiration, does not happen without the 99% perspiration. There's no getting around that. Again, there's no there are no shortcuts to that. It's that one percent of perspiration, sorry, inspiration, that only happens with that ninety nine percent of effort put in. And once you've put that in, and you know you've put that in, that's doing the best you can. I mean, you can't do better than that, but you have to have done the best you can. And when, when it goes your way, after having done, put in all the effort that you have, that's when, it, if, if and when you're going to get inspired action, it's then. And that's kind of, that's the equivalent of like being in the zone. We've all had that feeling before. It's like if you're a runner, you know, it's like having runners high. It's when you're in the zone and you feel like you can go on forever. And that's, That's where the physical and the mental converge to make the body function in perfect harmony. That's the converging of the two. The inspiration converging with the mental converging with the physical. The inspiration converging with perspiration. That is perfect harmony. And you know, it's like, like, hopefully you've all had that feeling that's like when you like, as if you're gliding on a cloud it, it seems like you could run endlessly I mean athletes live for these for those types of moments they live for those but they know you know no athlete just goes out and goes out and runs a, a race without all the training and practice and effort they know they have to put that in And only then, only then will they know they can truly succeed. And only once, only then can they, can they, do they have the chance of, of reaching that feeling of maybe nirvana, a feeling of, of uh, just an incredible um, action taking place you can't do more than that you can, you can do your best and put the time and effort in but you can't go beyond that that's all you can do so, but if you know you've done that then you at least have you're in the game you're in the arena and you have the odds of that inspired action coming upon you and so if you're willing to do that and you're willing to put the time and effort in and it's, it's those moments that you live for and it's, that, that's really the true test when, it, when the rubber hits the road and, and you know that I've done everything I can and now's the time to act and at that point it's the do or die, make or break but you've done the best you can and you know that if, if that time is going to happen where you're walking on clouds it's going to be at that time and so it really comes down to, will you act with inspiration or are you just going to go through the motions? If you're just going to do the motions, then you're never going to reach that, that nirvana of accomplishment, that feeling of utter you know, being at the top of your game. So whatever you do for a living... You know, whether you're an athlete, salesperson, doc, I don't care what field you're in, doctor, lawyer, construction worker, if you want to get to the top top of your chosen profession, you have to put the time and effort in. There's no avoiding it. And only with perspiration will it lead to inspired action. And let's remember: inspired action is the stuff of champions. And no matter how much perspiration, no matter how tough a situation's. Champions seldom give up you know they don't they don't abide by the phrases "What's the use or doesn't matter It doesn't exist in their vocabulary It doesn't exist. If you know you've put everything in, then at that stage, you will perform the best to your ability and if it doesn't go your way at that point, you you won't have any regrets because you knew you did the best you could. You know, I always think a great example of inspired action is the story of Helen Keller. I I don't know, I'm sure many of you have heard of her. If you haven't, you should. You should try to read read something about her, or Google her, or Wikipedia her. But she was a little girl who went blind and deaf at the age of just 19 months. But her story is a is miraculous. It's an incredible story. It's an inspiring story and even though she was blind and deaf at the age of just 19 months, she actually went on to author 12 books. Yeah, 12 books, you heard that right. And if that wasn't even enough, she even went on to become a prominent political activist and a renowned lecturer of her time. And that was all in an era when, you know, disabilities weren't as socially accepted as today. So she, she beat the odds in so many levels and she was a true champion she demonstrated what the human spirit is capable of when it sets its heart to action it's it's you know she demonstrated what happens when action is inspired action is a result of hard work and perspiration and if she had she had chosen not to do that you know not to roll her sleeves up and dedicate herself to a better future and if she had decided to quit and have a victim mentality, poor little me, I can't do anything. I mean, we would never would have heard of her. She wouldn't have had the impact she had on the world. Like She did not have that mentality. And it would have been a great loss for all of us. So it's, it's truly incredible what is in, in all of us if we're willing to look within ourselves and willing to bring out what is in us. It's truly incredible what can be done and as a result of dedication, and burning desire to accomplish and these things are within us and we owe it to ourselves to bring it out of ourselves. We can transform ourselves and we can truly become something inspiring and something truly remarkable. So, you know, to, to 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 finish off on this point, we've all been through tough times. And we've all been at times, in times where the odds have been stacked against us. We've all been there. But it's in those times, exactly those times, that we have to trust ourselves. You know, we must trust that we are champions in our own way and that we're capable of great things we have to trust that we have to believe that in within ourselves but in order to achieve those great things there's no no getting around this there's no shortcuts there's no getting around this we must act but we must act in a way that's an inspiration for others to follow. Just as Helen Keller did. And she's still an inspiration. So just let that sink in. Let that thought be there. Let that thought be there, folks. So I think uh spend been uh, the last few moments here talking about Something that kind of draws us back from acting, and this is a word that I'm sure you're all aware of, and it uh, it's uh, part of your life. We're all guilty of it, and that's procrastin procrastination. That's really the greatest challenge to us taking action. The greatest of all of them is procrastination, and it—that's something that's insidious. It's—we know it's there. We feel it, even though we want to get rid of it. We somehow feel it and we tolerate it. Proc- procrastination is—is—it um, really is something that you have to learn to deal with, and if not, because it's gonna—it's gonna deal with you because. It's going to, it you know, it things are going to pass you by if you continuously procrastinate. And yet, you know, it's something like we have to do chores, right? If you have a house, you have to cut the grass, you have to look after things and, or you have to hire somebody to do it. So you might procrastinate in hiring somebody to do it, or you might procrastinate in mowing the lawn or shoveling the driveway, you know, that those things, postponing them when we know they should be done just makes it worse. But once, the, and this is the odd thing about procrastination, so often we procrastinate because we go, oh, we don't want to do that. But then once we actually start taking action, and that kind of comes back to creativity, once you start acting and you're focused in your action, creativity suddenly starts happening. Well, in the same way, once you start taking action and doing these chores, you start getting a feeling of satisfaction that you've actually accomplished something, that you've achieved something. and. It, 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 invariably, you look back and say, "Geez, it wasn't that bad after all." You know, like I, it, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought, or, you know, it, 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 it uh, I could get it done without too much hassle. I mean, and some things take longer than others, but so often you procrastinate. The procrastination takes longer than anything, and then once you do it, the actual act of doing it doesn't even take that long, and you feel so much better after that. So if we can if we can get rid of the 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 hangover of procrastination, I mean it's just so much better than postponing things. You know a, a parallel example is if we uh, neglect something until it finally breaks, you know if you think about uh, a water main with the leaks in in some of the big cities now, a lot of the water infrastructure is old and and rotting and rusting away. And that's why sometimes you hear these big water break, water main breaks and streets being flooded and such. Whereas, you know, if these things were looked after and were maintained properly, these water leaks could be avoided and with that a lot of damage that's done as well. So it's like an ounce of prevention might have avoided a lot of damage down the road and that's something that we can put to work in our everyday lives whereas if we you know we let the bills pile up and never pay them then that's ultimately there's going to be problems you're going to pay interest on it you're going to have people calling you hounding you to pay the bills And, and your life's going to be disorganized you're going to feel like you're always behind the eight ball and it's all due uh, all as a result of procrastination, so without taking the proper action, so it's key to to stay on top of things and all procrastination does is just worsen the situation it It's never a good idea it it only makes matters worse and then if we as opposed to if we'd acted upon things promptly and I guess one final point to that the procrastination is if we want to take a concrete example of that, and and a lot of it goes back, if you look at uh, the topic of debt, I mean, there's a lot of debt in the world now. And we can trace back the Great Recession of 2008 to the amount of debt that was piled up. And back in 2014, Western Europe was going through a lot of debt problems. And, you know, even today, if we look at the U.S. debt Debt challenges that are happening I mean just to throw out a couple quick numbers here in February of 2012 total American household consumer debt stood at 11.53 trillion I mean these are numbers just are unfathomable we can't even imagine them so that debt we're now looking at at the end of 2018 the latest stat I could find was 13.54 trillion so this debt just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and I mean there's the ultimate procrastination. How long can we kick that down the road? It can't keep going forever. At some point, that debt has to come home to roost. And that's part and parcel of procrastination on an international level with not just the states. That number I threw out was the U.S. debt, but it's in every country. Here in Canada, it's throughout the Western world. Country after country has huge amounts of debt. And nobody really seems to care. Nobody seems to talk about it. Perhaps one day they'll just rip it all up. But then you can only imagine the circumstances that would result from that. Complete collapse of economies and such. So there's a prime case of procrastination on a very scary economical level where people are are uh, just governments and politicians are kicking this down the road without end in sight and yet you know at some point there's got to be a breaking point there always is and if we don't think that we think it's going to go on forever well we've got something else coming to us with that respect but anyhow the, the reason I talk about that is that's that's what procrastination does. And as much as on our own personal level we can't worry about those that big, big dead out there. We have to worry about our own lives. We should, at the very minimum, look at our own lives and look at the procrastination that we're we're having in our own lives and try to fix that. And that's where it all starts on the local level at, at home, right? So, I think today I'm going to stop the uh, first segment of this at that point. And when I return for part two of the segments on action, we'll talk about positive procrastination. I bet you thought there wasn't such a thing after all this talk of procrastination, but there actually is, and that's where I'll leave it for today, and Come back for part two for positive procrastination. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and uh, feel free again to check out my blog at www.albertbolter.com, and feel free to download the book on eKindle if you on uh, it's an ebook. You can also download it electronically at Amazon, as well as order the paperback edition at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And with that, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.